Welcome to episode 26 of The First 40 Miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, we discover how a simple glitch submarined a recent Kickstarter campaign that we shared with you. Then, school graduation is coming up and we have the perfect gear guide for your backpacking grad. On the Summit Gear Review, we have a simple solution to warmth, comfort, and light. The Backpack Hack of the Week may save you some extra cash to put toward a new gear purchase, and the Backpackers Q&A will make sense of the piles of gear, stuff sacks, and mayo packets. All this, and that's about it. Today on The First 40 Miles. About a month ago on episode 20, Uh, We told First 40 Milers about an amazing new piece of technology. It's kind of an all-in-one gadget called the FOGO. It may end up in the packs of lots of backpackers someday. It's this combo flashlight, navigation, GPS, communication device. Uh, So we reviewed that in episode 20 and talked about their Kickstarter campaign. If you want to learn more about it, go back and listen to that episode and you can hear about all the amazing features that are just packed in. So the FOGO campaign ended. We were dumbfounded at the end when they didn't reach their goal. And I talked to one of the brilliant minds behind the FOGO and found out why. He said there was a PR glitch and that the people who were the most interested, the people that they talked to at all the shows that they went to and as they traveled around the country, Those people were never contacted and, as a result, never even knew about the Kickstarter campaign. So if you want to go check out the FOGO Kickstarter relaunch, go to Kickstarter. FOGO is spelled F-O-G-O. You can show your support in lots of different ways. If you don't support them monetarily, you can also just send an email to them through Kickstarter and just show your support that way. I believe it's a really important innovation in gear for backpackers. We want to keep those innovators in the backpacking world going. We want to keep them creating and thinking of new ways to help us out there. And they're continuing to create more apps for the device and also uh, more caps. Those are the uh, the add-on hardware that can go onto the device. Uh, improving the user interface and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it should be ready by December 2015 or at least by Valentine's Day of 2016. And we want to wish FOGO the best as they relaunch, and uh, we want to see some great success with, with this device. Well, next up is our top five list for this week. Graduation is right around the corner. Uh, you might have high school grads, college grads. Well, for that matter, let's throw in weddings. Weddings are right around the corner, too. So lots of people, you might be looking at what to buy for them. So a lot of gear out there, you've got to try it on. You've got to experience it. And so buying gear for someone else is really tricky. You're treading on thin ice there. (laughs) Even things down to color considerations and strap width. People have all sorts of reasons for choosing the gear that they choose. So we have some gift ideas for you. These are one-size-fits-all gifts. 
And they're especially perfect for people who live in smaller spaces. They don't have a lot of disposable income, but they still want to have a great backpacking experience. The number one gift idea for the backpacker in your life is a subscription to Backpacker Magazine. A few years ago, my dad gave us a subscription to Backpacker. That was before I was even interested in backpacking. But, you know, our family did a lot of hiking and I just loved flipping through it and reading the articles and I thought it was a great magazine. Now that we are backpackers, the magazine kind of took on a whole new meaning for me and I love it. It's about $20 for a year's subscription. If the backpacker in your life doesn't already subscribe, it's the perfect gift. When I was preparing for my first long trip in a long time last year, I literally poured through last year's gear issue of the Backpacker magazine and I read everything in there. I think that that magazine had a contribution to you becoming a backpacker. Because what I saw was like through the summer, I was doing so much research, so much learning, and a lot of it was from Backpacker magazine. And then of course, there's all the pretty pictures to go along with it. You know, it's like, wow, you, you learn about this gear and you get your stuff and you get ready. And then you can see these amazing sites. And I think that that sort of became contagious to you, especially because you just love learning and studying. And so in my mind, I think Backpacker Magazine had a role to play <laughs> in Heather becoming a backpacker. Well, I think it's definitely a gateway drug. If you have, <laughs> if you have family or friends who may be hikers, but they're not backpackers yet, I think a subscription to Backpacker Magazine will be the tipping point for them. The number two gift idea for the backpacker in your life is a book of local trails. Plus, throw in a map. You can find these, especially in local bookstores. If you know exactly what you're looking for, then you can order it online. But if you just need to browse and kind of get a feel for what's out there, definitely go to a local bookstore that will carry local travel books and backpacking and hiking books. One of the uh, publishers I'd like to point out is Menasha Ridge Press. They have some great series of outdoor books. One of those series is the 60 Hikes Within 60 Miles series, covering lots of different cities around the United States. Another one is the Best in Tent Camping series, all the best tent campsites in various areas around the U.S. So uh, I would recommend checking out those books by Menasha Ridge Press. Now, if you want to spend a little bit more, you can purchase a Kindle. Kindles have batteries that last for weeks. The lower end models are in the $80 range, and those don't have a backlit screen. For the more expensive models, they are backlit, which is really nice, and the battery still lasts for several weeks. And it's actually those less expensive Kindles that are the ones with the great battery life, because they have the simple non-backlit screen uh, that uses very little power. So really, I would say for backpacking, go with the less expensive Kindle. It's going to last through the whole trip without any need to recharge. I think the Paperwhite is a backlit Kindle and it has a really long battery life. So I think it's just the Fire that is the one that just lasts for maybe eight hours. Oh, okay. The number three gift for the backpacker in your life is an annual pass. We live in Oregon and we have two annual passes. One is the Oregon State Parks Pass that we use on a regular basis uh, because we live just 10 minutes away from one of the state parks. And uh, the other is the Northwest Forest Pass, 
that comes from the Forest Service and covers uh, Forest Service areas in Washington and Oregon. You know, regardless of where you live, there's probably some state or regional pass that uh, you could purchase for your grad. And an annual pass is going to cost around $30. The number four gift for the backpacker in your life is a bucket of freeze-dried meals. Now, this is probably the most practical and useful gift on the list because not only can this be used for backpacking, but it also makes a really great emergency item. You know, sometimes grads or newlyweds aren't exactly financially established yet. And so to have some emergency meals, you know, if the power goes out or if there's some kind of financial emergency, they'll at least have a little bit of a buffer, a little bit of a backup. And the nice thing about these meals is they literally come in a bucket with a handle, so they're easy to transport in a move, they're easy to store in a closet, they don't take up a lot of space because they're all freeze-dried, and there's a ton of different flavors, lots of brands, there are lots of different price points and options for this gift idea. They also last 30 years, so even if you're grad or newlywed doesn't use it in the next couple of years, they can always use it when they're old people. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great idea. So they, they graduate from college <laughs> and if they don't find a job, well, that's okay. <laughs> they can turn to that bucket of freeze-dried meals and that'll keep them going for a few weeks. Well, the number five gift for the backpacker in your life is cash or a gift card to their favorite outdoor store. Cash is always a nice gift when you are a graduate or a newlywed. And it's kind of nice if you give it as a gift to maybe do a little bit of homework and make a specific gear recommendation. And if you wanna sweeten the deal a little bit with the cash, you can always purchase a lifetime membership at REI. So that means that your grad or the newlyweds would enjoy the annual dividend based on what they purchased throughout the year. That's usually 10% back. They can always put it toward more gear. REI also sends out special deals and discounts for their members. Yeah, they do. So uh, that's a great idea, either cash or pairing up a gift card for your favorite outdoor store. And uh, yeah, maybe along with that, if there's an REI in your area, then that REI membership would be a great way to get someone started on a lifelong interest in backpacking. Well, good luck with buying those gifts for your upcoming graduates or newlyweds that are coming along in the next month. Hopefully, these are some ideas that'll help you to either introduce them to something that you love, uh, backpacking, or further a love that they already have for being in the outdoors. Well, next up is the Summit Gear Review. Today, we'll be reviewing the Yuko Micro Candle Lantern. Light on the trail, and especially in camp, is uh, always an interesting thing to, to look at and, and to see what options are out there. Big Agnes made a big splash this year when they introduced their Mountain Glow tents. These are some high-tech tents that have LED lighting basically sewn into the tent. And so you get this nice little glowing dome of a tent. Looks really cool. But we have another option. So our low-tech alternative to the Mountain Glow tents is the Yuko Micro Candle Lantern. And by the way, Yuko is spelled U-C-O. The Yuko Micro Candle Lantern is a very simple concept. 
but it is so beautifully designed and so fun to use. It's just a lantern for a little tea light, but it's totally collapsible. It's windproof. It has a little hook on it so you can hang it from inside your tent. And basically it just gives you that little spark of fire, warmth, comfort, light, that you need while you're on the trail, especially if fires, like campfires, if those aren't permitted where you're hiking. So it's made of aluminum and glass. It comes with two tea light candles and it's offered in six different colors, red, blue, green, purple, orange, and yellow. It's completely collapsible. So to use it, you actually pop it open and it exposes that ring of glass. Now, backpacking with glass is kind of a no-no. You just don't bring glass because it's heavy and it's dangerous. But this is the one exception because it is completely protected by this aluminum around it. And when you pop it open, that's when the glass is exposed. And you would only expose that when you're actually using the Yuko Micro Candle Lantern. So one candle can burn while the other one is actually just tucked underneath. So you have two candles in this little lantern. And a tea light typically burns for four to six hours. So you have quite a bit of time just to enjoy this little glow inside your tent. I think it really is a, a safe way to have a flame. I just like if you had a, a Coleman lantern, which of course would be really heavy on a backpacking trip, but you know, that's got a flame going as well. And, and of course it gets far hotter than the Yuko micro candle lantern. Well, it only weighs 4.2 ounces and that's with both of the candles in there. When it's all compressed, it measures 2.5 by 2.5 inches roughly. For maintenance, well, we have a little story to go with this one. <laughs> We had a wee little accident with ours, and uh, after burning it for about 20 minutes, someone in the tent may have flailed their arm a little bit in the direction of the lantern, and wax went everywhere. So we have a little bit of a recommendation for that. Don't use it if you're going to be flailing your <laughs> arm. <laughs> I was going to tell the story. Oh, go for it. Uh, so that same person also learned that his Patagonia NanoPuff jacket, which is waterproof, is also waxproof. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was able to pick all the wax off of my jacket. Uh, my hiking pants did okay but I think you can still tell where the wax soaked into my pants a little bit. And, you know, we were in the tent for quite a while with that candle burning, and I had managed to remember that it was there and avoid it. And then I guess just at the very end, I sort of got used to having it there and stopped thinking about it. And it was like the last thing I was doing before I was going to just curl up in my sleeping bag and go to sleep. And that's when I hit the lantern. It was just right before going to bed. Well, to remove spilled wax from the Yuko Micro Lantern, just boil it in hot water when you get home or on the trail, and then the wax should just come right off. Yeah, the wax just melts right off, and you just like new. These darling little lanterns cost around $13. We just loved the lantern. It is such a clever design. There are other sizes of lantern that they offer. There's the mini, which doesn't collapse, but the micro is just so well designed. The little glow of the tea light provides that warmth, comfort that you need on the trail. Just a little bit of home. I don't know. There's just so, something so comforting about fire. It may be tempting to 
remove the lantern from from where you've hung it in the tent and then blow it out because that's what they do in movies when they blow out a lantern you know they pick it up and they blow it out and then they set it back <laughs> on the desk well there's nowhere to set this lantern once you've blown it out and you have a dangling lantern full of hot wax so when you're ready to blow it out leave it hung up in the top of your tent and blow it out while it's up there. And then you can wait for it to cool down and remove it in the morning or remove it in an hour, whatever. So that's the Yuko Micro Candle Lantern. Uh, Yuko has a really interesting product lineup. So it'd be fun to just go check out their website and see what they have. Like one of the things that really caught my eye are their stake lights. So these are tent stakes that have little LED lights built into them. And so, hey, no more tripping over tent stakes, I guess. Cool. Yeah. They also have a new product coming this fall. So fall 2015, check out Yuko's website and they'll probably have a big announcement on their homepage. Hmm. I'm intrigued. It's exciting. I love innovation in backpacking. I really do. Because back in the olden days, what was it? A piece of canvas and a stick? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Right. I mean, really, things have come a long way. So I love seeing that innovation. So the Yuko Micro Candle Lantern provides that comfort. It's lightweight. It's durable. So simple to use. And it's enough light within the tent that you feel like you can still see, you can read, you can do those kind of nighttime packing activities and get everything all organized. I think it's just the perfect little comforting glow inside of a tent. Today's Backpack Hack of the Week is discounted outdoor magazines. We all have kind of our favorite outdoor magazines. Of course, we talked about Backpacker earlier in the episode, but maybe you're more of an outdoor photographer, so you subscribe to Outdoor Photographer. Maybe you enjoy fishing, so you subscribe to Field and Stream. Or maybe you're in the 12 to 18-year-old crowd and you like Boy's Life. Maybe you're 45 and enjoy reading Boy's Life. I think the jokes in the back are hilarious. Oh, they're timeless. I love the jokes. That's why I go straight to the jokes. I do too. In the back. Well, we have a little hack for you, and it's a website called magazinepricesearch.com. That's all one string of letters, magazinepricesearch.com. And what they do is they search different discount magazine sites, and then they show the lowest price possible on those magazines. And sometimes you get the lowest price by getting a one-year subscription, and sometimes you get a low price by getting a two- or a three-year subscription. And then they'll show you on the site how much each issue costs. So are you ready to find out how much some of your favorite magazines cost? Yeah, I mean, these discounts are huge. Well, remember how I said Backpacker was like $20 for a year? Okay, so if you go through magazinepricesearch.com and search for Backpacker Magazine, you can get a year subscription for $3.16. That's crazy. All right, so for Outdoor Photographer, for a year subscription, $3.16. Wow. You know, some of these prices could fluctuate over time. So these are today's prices. For Outside Magazine, for a year subscription, that'll cost $16. For Field and Stream Magazine, that's a year subscription for $5. Then if you have a Scout and want to subscribe to Boys Life Magazine, you can get a two-year subscription for $7.16. 
And then if you are just a nature and nature addict and love learning about new things in nature, whether it's on earth or in the sky, try Discover Magazine. And that is a year subscription for $13.89. So the website is magazinepricesearch.com and we'll have the link in the show notes. Here's a little free hack. If you're signed up to be a volunteer for the Boy Scouts of America, their scouting magazine is free. And I'm not a, a Boy Scout volunteer right now. Well, I guess I am kind of. I'm a merit badge counselor. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm not signed up as a Cub Scout leader or anything. But Scouting Magazine always has really great info for teaching leadership skills to youth while on the trail. And they have lots of stories, just really great information on training and leadership and outdoor skills. I love that magazine. Scouting Magazine has the current and back issues available online at scoutingmagazine.org, free of charge. Uh, This is kind of old news now, but back in like 2011, they completely revamped the design of Scouting Magazine. I noticed that after that redesign, it was just so much more valuable. It contains really good information for, you know, not just someone who might be leading a scout group, but someone who's going to be in the outdoors, who wants to stay fit, who wants to have the right gear. A lot of that is covered in Scouting Magazine. And if you're not a volunteer for the BSA, you can still order Scouting Magazine. It is $15 a year. Well, we have a Backpackers Q&A for you today. Question is, you mentioned working on organizing your gear in a closet. Do you keep everything in your pack or do you take everything out after a trip? Here's the breakdown of what we've got going on in our backpacking closet. First of all, we had to empty out the closet and the closet happens to be in Josh's office. So Josh works from home and his office is a spare bedroom. And so the closet ended up just accumulating things like printer paper, wrapping paper. We had a beautiful antique radio that we were restoring that was in that closet. There were books about Japanese economics from when Josh was in school. So all of that just had to come out of the closet. And And, um, we have organized it in a little bit different way. So now it holds backpacking gear. And yeah, occasionally when we're getting ready for a trip, the entire office holds backpacking gear. <laughs> and I find my way, my path through to get to my desk. <laughs> but most of the time, the backpacking gear really does find its home in the closet, uh, out of the way. It's been a great place to, to store the stuff. So we thought we'd share with you the, kind of the organizational approach that Heather took. So after a trip, we take everything out of our packs, and this gives us a chance to wash clothing, to inspect gear, to sort and clean the stuff in our pack. And then we can also take inventory of the items that need to be replaced, like matches or water purification drops or things like that. On the shelf, there's only one shelf in there, that's the shelf that's above the clothes bar, and we have five boxes. First box is the fire box, and that has things like stoves, matches, fuel, flashlights, and our Yuko micro candle lantern. Just anything that says fire or light or heat. I even put things in there like our little hand warmers that we sometimes bring on the trail just for emergencies if it's going to be cold. So anything that's warm, light, in that fire category, that all goes in the fire box. The next box that we have is the water box. 
and that holds all of our water bottles and then it also includes filters and any kind of water purification drops or tablets. Anything that screams water goes into that box. The next box that we have is the gear maintenance box. That has things like duct tape, special detergent for cleaning our gear, essential oils for removing sap from gear, and it also has solar proofing spray. Another box that we have up there is a box full of stuff sacks. Yeah, I'm a big fan of having lots of stuff sacks uh, because it does compartmentalize your stuff. Usually your backpack is just this big, huge, cavernous thing. And so by compartmentalizing into stuff sacks, you really get some better organization for your gear when you're out on the trail. And I'm a fan of brightly colored stuffed sacks because black is just so hard to find <laughs> inside of a pack. So the brighter the better with stuffed sacks. Our last box on that shelf is our 10 essentials box. And that has toiletries, bandages, towels, mosquito repellent, sunscreen, rope, just kind of those little small things that need to be replaced every few months. So that's the top shelf of the closet. Now down on the floor, we have two Rubbermaid bins. One of those bins contains our sleeping bags. Those are pulled out of their stuff sacks and just stacked loosely within the bin. The other bin contains the backpacking clothing. Now this is mostly for the kids' sake, because I personally keep my backpacking clothing in my closet, and I wear it occasionally even if I'm not out backpacking. And the big deal is that I can always find it. My backpacking clothing is always where it belongs in my closet. Our kids, on the other hand, it's impossible for them to keep track of and find a particular piece of clothing when they need it. And so we just decided, you know what? The kids' backpacking clothing is going to be just for backpacking trips, and it's going to stay in the backpacking Rubbermaid bin. That way, when we're getting ready for a trip, we're not searching all over for those moisture-wicking socks that are mixed in with all of their regular cotton socks and pants, shirts, etc. I feel like this is an area that we still could really, really improve on because, like Josh said, it's a huge Rubbermaid bin filled with tons of clothes. And so really, it's kind of this circus when we dump out the bin and we start looking for shirts and socks. So I'm not recommending the big bin method necessarily for clothing, but it's what we're doing now. So we thought we'd share that. Well, there's one more thing we have on the floor besides the two bins, and that's what we are going to call our furniture area. So uh, our tents, hammocks, the Crazy Creek camp chairs that we love, tarps, all of those things are sitting down on the floor next to these bins. And then hanging on the clothing rack are carabiners where I've attached the six packs that our family uses. And those packs are empty mostly. I like to keep my toilet paper and trowel in there. I also keep my 10 essentials in my pack all the time because really it doesn't matter what trip I'm going on. Those are always going to be exactly the same. So the last box that we have actually isn't in our backpacking closet. It's the box that we affectionately call the Bucket of Calories. And this is where we store the mayo packets, the foil packets of tuna, the container of Neato, bags of M&Ms. We keep it downstairs in a little area that we have underneath our stairs. Now we just put this uh, backpacking closet together just a few weeks ago. And in the past, we've spent 
lots of time getting the family ready for a backpacking trip, like an entire day or more to get all six of those packs ready. And now that we have this in place, we can see how much uh, time that shaves off for us, both for trip prep and also for when we get home and need to put everything away. I'm hoping that it gives us some time savings because that makes it just that much easier for us to get out there on a trip and be outside. And we'll leave you with a little bit of trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, architect Frank Lloyd Wright. He said, study nature, love nature, stay close to nature. It will never fail you. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. said it don't need to say it again <laughs> <laughs> our 40th episode is going to be funny if we really oh, do <laughs> <laughs> or to the national forest area in your area national <laughs> go ahead josh <clears throat> exit <laughs> to uh to to the <laughs> <laughs> what was that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once in a while we should mention twitter Twitter.